This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How are we doing, gentlemen? Very well, you? Yes, I'm good. Hello and welcome to the Chart Topping Podcast. Oh, that's what you need to be more like. Yeah. Oh, well, you can start if you want. <laughs> you get this far by being all professional. Why well, start now? You'll bring her in. You'll bring her in. Yeah, I'll, I'll start from next week. Yeah, I'll lead. Right. Okay. Is this is this, is this his first way of like trying to just push him out? <laughs> no, we'd be nothing without each other, wouldn't we, lads? Yeah, that's it. Hey. Luke Steele, part two. Yeah, yeah. enjoy. Really, I really enjoyed part one. I did. Really enjoyed more it. than I remembered. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, there's a few things that made us laugh that I forgot about. And I seen a I seen a tweet where someone were on about our talking, uh, our Steely were talking, and he just said, "That's just how I talk, mate." <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people that messaged me saying, "Is this guy trying to be funny or not?" Because I was spitting my coffee out on the table, but I wasn't sure if he was being serious or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, really did enjoy it. He's been down at Barnsley, I've seen this week. He has, yeah. He's yeah. been uh, in training. I think they've got a couple of key. I think he's just trying to keep sharp. Yeah. That's the terminology I've read in the right. hot off the local press. Has he gone as a striker or a keeper? Joking apart, they need a striker to be fair. So if he if he fucks a song, he goes off. He's half a chance. <laughs> Get the big dog up from merchandise. Yes, merchandise. Oh, came in like a train. Then I haven't had this morning Gordon t-shirt off for three days, lads. <laughs> and I must say, I'm looking fantastic. You can tell as well. <laughs> it's now yellow. <laughs> Got the yellow, just off yellow things under the pits. Yeah. But yeah. no, we've got some merchandise out. We've got a website. You go to www.underthecosh.com, click on the little shop button there, and uh, you can get straight through. Plenty of choice. There is t shirts. Plenty of choice. Caps. Beanies. 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 Hoodies. Well, we've been threatening for a while, and I think people just thought we were chatting shit, didn't mm. they? But now we are. What, what, what would you call us now then? Podcasters, YouTube vloggers, fashion gurus. Designed by ourselves. Yes. Well, the th- three out of the four have played a played a massive part. Yeah, merchandise is not my thing. <laughs> merchandise is not my thing. But I'm I'm only happy to push it, lads. I got up. You're up stall on, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, get him in the back of the boot. <laughs> yeah, twenty five pound, twenty five pound. But I'll do you two for forty. I can do you two for forty. Treat the family for Christmas. Well, yeah, take a look at the website. So get on there and get, get them Christmas presents in. Let nice little stocking fillers. Yeah, just tell the missus. Look, just get us a jumper, love. Yeah. What, what do you want? Uh, I don't know. Just get us a jumper. Drop a few hints. Get us a hat. Get us a t-shirt. Job done. I know what my dad and brothers are getting for this Christmas anyway. Ones that don't sell that well. <laughs> <laughs> the excess stock. <laughs>
Is that right? You didn't get on with Anisaroy? That I didn't. Ronaldo didn't. Uh, I don't know if they really hated each other, but they had bust-ups, you know? Like they were quite inten- intense characters. R- Rude van Nistelrooy was intense, like especially when training. But I think he was the main man, and Ronaldo came in and kind of, Took you know, yeah, exactly. So it was competition. You used to shoot a lot, though, didn't you, Ronaldo, as well when he first came from exactly. obscure angles. Yeah. Mm. So Rude must have been like any fucking chance. Exactly, and it and it went off. I can't remember where we won. We lost to Lille in this the French Olympic Stadium. Again, I think I was third choice and it went off there between them two because of that, because he's not passing or whatever. Just but, arguing or... Yeah, just arguing, never physical, whatever, never physical, but you got top, top athletes wanting to yeah. go at it. And I think if you get similar characters, I always find they clash, especially like... But, you know, it was nothing It was nothing crazy, but it was definitely true. They def- definitely didn't get on um, like a lot of players, but... Um, I wonder if he nicked a bird off him as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have stemmed from that. Yeah, I, I don't know how much yeah. Rude really had, though, without all that, his dress sense. You weren't there during the Christmas... We speak about it when Chaddy was on you. When the, the, the pantomime. Team, yeah, the, the pantomime type thing, when somebody came dressed as Van Nistel Roy. As a horse. Yes. Yeah. I was in that. What, in the horse? <laughs> Back end. <laughs> That's definitely stealing. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Legs at that. Yeah, I got involved in that. I was—I think I was director, but no, I was dressed full as a woman. Actually, I was taking the mick out of one of the staff members. Um, but yeah, that was that was class. Rude didn't react well at all to that. Didn't like that. Was basically every year the the younger players, the like the kind of initiation, they do a Christmas pantomime, and mostly it's mocking the first team players. So someone would take the mick out of Bex for being like prima donna, all the rest, all the normal ones, and. You know, Van Nistelrooy, someone literally in the middle of this, like, Mary and Joseph giving birth to Jesus story, which was obviously with all the characters in it. It was this idea that one of the lads who just have Van Nistelrooy's kit on and a proper horse's head <laughs> would just, like, run across the back. And it was, like, the best bit of the whole pantomime. Everyone was in bits. Like, it was, it was so funny because he was just, like, moving and dancing around. And then, but Rie Rue didn't really take well to that. But, you know, who likes being called a horse? I don't know many <laughs> Depends which department. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know many people do. That was brilliant. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. There was another thing called fun and games, which has been totally abolished now. But um, that was where you went into the first team dressing room as a first year because it was like first team reserves in nineteens, and you go into the first team dressing room, and then there'd be like David May, Nicky Butt, Giggs, Gary Neville, and they'd make you do stuff. So it might be you had to make love to the physio bed. You had to do a rap or something like Kieran Richardson had to do a song and things like all those stupid like games and things. And there was people that petrified that they'd be hiding in the bushes in Carrington. They wouldn't come out. I know players who didn't even do it because they were that petrified. But it's one of them good, like it's one of them things that you do and you make a fool of yourself. And then like, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the old spoon one on the head and things like that. But it was, it was, was good. What was your one? My one... Um, I had to chat somebody up, so I had to basically pretend that Nikki Buck was this beautiful girl. Ooh, and I had to it's chat hard her up. to get into that character, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so obviously, I just used the same chat as I did with Ronaldo's bird, but like, <laughs> and, that, and that stuck with me ever since. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind all that. So were you dis- disappointed then when it was looking like you were going to have to move on? Not really, no, because the money was great at West Brom. 
yes we finally had somebody honest on yeah <laughs> finally got somebody who's John and I have spoke about this money issue and the honesty and stuff like that but it took the edge off I, it sounds madness and you laugh but I, I, I remember I think it was on a pre-season tour in, in Asia or somewhere and the gaffer spoke to me and said look Brian Robson senior at Coventry and you know thinks you know it'd be great if you could come to West Brom and we we're on about getting Ben Foster so as soon as he said the Ben Foster thing obviously Ben's I think a year or two years older than me and he it, that didn't obviously add up you know when if it was somebody like a lot more experienced or a lot younger it's different but when it's someone just a, just ahead of you yeah. it didn't add up but Ben came in I saw Ben and I thought he's decent and I honestly I remember thinking it isn't anything else but I think Ben's got a chance of playing in the first team I think he's better than me I think he's going to be better than me it's probably a negative attitude but in a minute Van der Star was Still number one. Oh, sorry. This is, man, I thought you meant this was at West Brom because didn't Ben Foster go to West Brom? Years later. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But then I could see that Van der Sar wouldn't last much longer. They needed somebody to replace him. Tim was leaving, and all the rest of it. But then, um, yeah, Brian Robson called me himself, which is this is another thing. Like even this summer, I've had four offers right from clubs, totally off subject, but not one manager has made the call. And it's been happening, happening over the years. And I've noticed, it. I've told my friends that like, you know, what's this sporting directors ring you and scouts and people like that ring you. And mm. what, what's, what's, what's wrong with the manager ringing you? You know, you know when you get a call from the manager, you know, the top guy, know. it's great. And, and they talk and they build you up and you think, you know what, I will. And I, that money that I thought I'd get, it doesn't matter because it gives you that closeness and that straight away, you've got that contact with yeah. the, the first team manager. Well, now it's all sporting directors. And they're missing out on players because I know this isn't the reason I haven't signed for those teams, by the way. But I know players who have retired. One to say is James Morrison. I mean, I told you a story. He was going to go somewhere, and he said, "You know what? I was going to go. I didn't care what money." But they kept sporting directors keep ringing me, and not the manager. And I thought, Do "You know what? I'm going to just retire, pack it in." And that's happening more and more. So they that needs to that needs to be reversed because I don't mind them sorting out the money and doing the deals, but it's it's. It's crap, it's shit. Mm. It's, it's got to be the gaffer. The top man's got to make the phone calls. Me and like, feel what, you, you feel wanted then. Yeah. And, and, th- and you'll be surprised what deals can get done just from that one phone call. Yeah. From the top man, not going to the agent, not going to the parent, but going direct to the player. There's nothing better. See, that's why. That's why they send the electrician and not the plumber. <laughs> the electrician just a little bit higher in the, in the, in the spectrum at the club. <laughs> By the way, I think it goes a long way. Shoes on the other foot if you ring a manager. Yeah. If you ring a manager as a player out of contract can I sign for you? and say, what's the chances? A manager will go, fair player. Yeah. Showing a bit of bollocks there. Because you know, you normally your agent rings, don't they? Yeah. You get your agent to ring, ring the, the scouts, the sporting directors. Yeah. But if you pick the phone up, I did it at Donny when I left Preston. I rang Sean O'Driscoll and said, I'm out of contract. I know pre-season started, I'm struggling. He went, right, leave it with us. Within two days, I was training with him and ended up signing. Brilliant, brilliant. But not many people would would do it really and you'd be surprised by the 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 reply even if it's a no how like they respect the phone respect, call they respect yeah. that person yeah. doing oh, it oh so and so so and so at that club needs a goalkeeper yeah. I'll, put an, I'll put a word in yeah. yeah you know I know you're looking for a club and, and yeah exactly do, do you know what that reminds you going, talking about ringing the top man and like making the phone calls yourself we got banned from going to JJB Sports um, when I was at Barnsley and this is the best thing the agent's done, actually. I found out that JJB was owned by 
Dave, Dave Whelan. Whelan. And I just watched American Gangster and I remember him going straight to the jungle to get the, um, the drugs. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's what I've got to be more like. And I remember saying to my agent, have you got Dave Whelan's number? He was like, well, we don't really deal with... And I said, look, somehow, and he got me it. So I picked up the phone, I kid you not, because we'd been banned for like bad behaviour or something like that. They said that we've got to pay. And, and I was like thinking, we need the gym and all the rest of it. And I rang the number, Dave Whelan answered this old guy who obviously multi-millionaire I said hi I'm Luke Steele I'm at Barnsley I'm the captain and we've been banned from going to your gym uh blah 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 he was like right I don't really deal with this sort of stuff and I was like yeah I know and it was his personal number and I was sworn never to tell like who gave me the number and he said look son son <laughs> and he sorted it. he said look I'm going to sort this it should it's not something that should be you know you guys are the local football team you're doing great good keep for it, us keep, really keep, yeah keep it up and Within a week or two, we'd got full memberships back. And I don't know if they're still in there now, but I did that phone call. And since then, I always do what you said, Chris. I try and ring the top guy, not the guy who works for the top guy, not the, <laughs> the agent or the flipping sporting directors, the top guy. And I did that in Greece. It's gone I rang the president of... Uh, of, of, <laughs> of Greece. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a parking ticket, mate. Can you sort this out? Can you, can you get that dickhead at fucking Olympiacos to sign me or what? <laughs> I'll tell you that one another time. <laughs> Have you rang him since? Like who? Dave Whelan. Just like, hey Dave, I'm I'm in the Peterborough branch. I'm looking at some <laughs> some Ermax, You know, you couldn't knock us ten percent off, could you, lad? <laughs> I've been banned from the Peterborough branch. <laughs> and the wife and kids as well. Be happy. They've been banned as well. Yeah. <laughs> some numbers you can't get hold of. But Straight for the top. I've been trying to ring like. Boris for about six months. <laughs> What was the film you watched? American Gangster. American Gangster, yeah. <laughs> 2007, yeah. Just to, just to congratulate on your new role, Mr. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance you could just wing us on this travel ban? He would have wanker that last Fancy one, Mr. Week Biden, in Miami. weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> I've done some, yeah. <laughs> but it just, it, even that little thing like that just makes a lot of difference to, yeah. to players. They're yeah. humans. They're, they're, but going back to it, I just wanted to be serious for a sec. The managers have got to start making the calls again. Otherwise, mm. you're going to miss out on a lot and you're going to have to overpay on whatever alternative you end up getting. Yeah. So, you, so you, you come into the time West Brom want to sign you. Yep. Did you get a did you get a golden handshake from my new or no not at all I uh, like I said Brian Robson rang me said that he wanted to sign me I think I signed a three year deal I, I knew I, although like I didn't go into this but like the reserve football wasn't suiting me at all number three is a very hard position especially when you've been out on loan I didn't play well in the reserves at Man U that was probably my weakest thing getting my head around like the fact that I'm playing resis I weren't big time but I was like I had no motivation all I wanted to do was play first team mm. football at that point how old were you. I was 21, but the bottom line is I wasn't good enough to play for Man United. That is the bottom line. There's not all this other stuff, money, blah, blah, blah. Com competition. I wasn't good enough to play for Man United. That was the thing. Van der Sar was world-class. You know, Tim Howard is better than me. I thought Foster was better than me. He's obviously proven it. And you know, you know, and all this bollocks about, oh, you've got to give in, you've got to dig in. I dug in for three, four years, but I knew it wasn't going to happen for me. Didn't want to just sit on the bench for years, but so I left. I went to West Brom, which didn't really work out. It, um, you know, Brian Robson got the sack after a few weeks. Sack Mowbray came in. Didn't really like Mowbray. I didn't really like him. And I won't say that about many of the managers I've had, but I didn't really like him. I thought he was quite dour. Um, and he didn't, 
you know, take to me very well, which is probably the main reason. <laughs> <laughs> so just cut me off if I lie or whatever. But he, he, uh, Dean Kylie got injured. I was number two. So played me. We won at Leicester. Then we won against Charlton. I made one mistake. Went top of the league and then he dropped me and put Dean back in because Dean was back from his injury. But it was my little chance and I was in there. But it just didn't work out, did mm. it? And, and then they offered me a pay-up which is uh, it's a weird, weird situation. The last day of the transfer window, they wanted me out um, to save money, but also, you know, they didn't think I was probably going to get the number one shirt. I weren't playing that great, or, you know, I hadn't even... Again, I'd lost a bit of confidence. I didn't feel yeah. like a, a goalkeeper. At this point, I'd gone and had a game for MK Dons, but then this one day, someone rang me and said... No, Mowbray pulled me and said, look, do you want to play in a game for Ron Atkinson? He said, like... They've got a game. They're opening Shrewsbury Stadium. It's like a like All Stars Eleven versus Shrewsbury. So I was like, "Yep, I was rent a goalie," and this was me like lower than rent low. Rent a goalie, <laughs> yeah, lower than low. So I turned up, um, <laughs> got on this bus. Ron Atkinson's there, like, "Hello, son. You you know you're going to save us today because we've got a few old players." Blah blah blah. Colton Palmer gets on the bus. Graham Lasso, Mickey Thomas. I'm like 22. I'm like. You know, young, fit or whatever. But I'm loving it. You know, like, I'm just full on, yeah, but I'll play for anyone. Can't get on. Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone's on. Uh, Poyet plays. Poyet's on there. Some really good players. Uh, Fester, who's at Middlesbrough. I'm trying to remember the team. And then they're saying, oh, we're waiting for one more. And they're like, oh, where is he? The little Italian twat. And I'm like thinking, who is this? Like, who's going to come on? It was like, guess who's going to come on? And they were like, oh, he's just having his pasta and a smoke. On walk Zola. So Zola comes on the bus and I got to play with uh, Gianfranco Zola for this game. And it was mental. Like, obviously he was chatting to us and, you know, he's already retired. And I was literally rent a goalie. And I was... (laughs) You're you're number two at a championship club and you've played in a... Testimonial. Testimonial to open Shrewsbury Stadium. (laughs) And Zola's playing. Yeah, because it went from literally being number two to number three. And then they, in that January transfer window, they, the chairman wanted me out, Peace, whatever his name is. Hiring you out to testimonials? Yeah, I don't even know what I was doing, but <laughs> honestly, I don't know You can say you play with Zola, can't you? Yeah. I've had a game with Zola. Yeah. And then um, out of nowhere, absolutely out of nowhere, and that, that's how I got offered a load of money to, late, to leave, right? And I was thinking of taking it and going, right, okay, I just want to get on with my career. My agent was saying, look, if you leave, take this money, tomorrow you'll wake up unemployed. It's hard for you to then go, get another club, blah, blah, blah. But it was a shitload of money. Like, you see, know, yeah, and- your agent sounds shit on <laughs> yeah. like, You said it was wank. I think, I think it's the worst thing you could have ever done. Take the money, son, take the money. I know, but the next part would never have happened probably because on a Wednesday, a random re- Wednesday in February, I got a call from Dan Ashworth the technical director and just said look do you want to go on loan to Barnsley for a month who are in the championship so I was like yeah brilliant I would have gone on loan to Starbucks FC or whatever but <laughs> you know I, I said you who's could have toured as a, as, a, as a testimonial keeper <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like do you know what this is no word of a lie again to my agent I rang him one time and just said look this is not working out um, I've had no offers in January West Brom don't want me and I was thinking of changing positions then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everyone laughs at that <laughs> because right I don't wing. find it that funny because I was actually serious and my agent was like no Luke don't be so stupid but in my head I had <laughs> I it all mapped why. out you know I knew I could play a bit and I was you know I loved playing outfield I was a midfielder back then in my head 
And then I was really serious about it, really serious about it. I was going to change. And it was that week, that same week, I had that call and they said, go and load to Barnsley. First game was at Anfield against Liverpool in the Cup. And, you know, after that, I kind of got going. That was it. And then I've, obviously I've played in goal ever since, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, come to Barnsley, we'll make your dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> Barnsley saved me. And then, I've, you know, we beat Liverpool on that Saturday and then ended up playing the, the other games in that month and then signed, well, stayed seven years. You come back with a bang there as well, didn't yeah. you, to, to that game at Anfield and you you man a match as well. Yeah, it, well, it was just like one of those games. we scored. Yeah, we were underdogs and I didn't know the lads' names. We trained with them once. Um, again, I... Did I feel confident? Think we were going to beat him? No way. I thought we were going to get smashed. I was thinking, don't let four in. I was thinking, get it at three and you'll be like, brilliant. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take three. three. Yeah. I'll take three. And you, and you might be able to play the next league game. So the manager looked at me and I remember he was like, look, if you do well today and we get a result against Liverpool, I'll obviously keep you in the team. But we had some, they had another goalie. Yeah. Was so that I was Nick like, Colgan won it at that point? No, it was Warner, Tony Warner. He'd oh. come on loan from Fulham, but cup tied. And then, so everyone thought, oh, he'll play one game and then go back after Did you month. see that as well? Did you see it as being a bit of a, a bit of a filling position? You didn't see yourself being there for seven years? No, I, I didn't know I'd be there for seven years, but I just, one, one thing at a time, it was that Liverpool game, I was hyped. And they talk about the training kicks in. I was so nervous, didn't have any confidence of winning the game, didn't have any confidence playing well. You've not but, played for a while. Yeah, exactly. I imagine. That's, That's what I mean, though. It doesn't sound like you your mentality is I'm going to go to Barnsley on this loan I'm going to take the number one position and I'm going to become the number one goalkeeper at Barnsley the no. thing is the alternative was turn out for the flipping all-stars <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a better, still a better option even if you were number two at Barnsley it's... Yeah. but I didn't go with any confidence but I was prepared to have a go and then if you train hard enough and the repetition when it comes on the main stage and you're nervous that kicks in that's why they say train hard and do all the rest of it because when you are in those situations it all just flowed and it was like a dream and I think I had 23 shots to save you know and then one player of the round I was on the BBC in the next morning everything changed again for me so from being right down there I was I was like in the limelight I was in all the papers and you know thrived on the confidence yeah and then I played the next game at Norwich and then I kept my position they got rid of uh, Tony Warner and then I played to the end of the season obviously stayed in the league and you know, we beat Chelsea in the next round, um, 1-0. I didn't have much to do, actually, but, you know, I'm carried off the pitch. And that's how quick you can turn around from playing with, like, veterans. Yeah. Old <laughs> men. Who didn't know I was. Yeah, I remember Mickey Thomas saying to me, oh, I, I swear, he said to me and my dad at the end of that game, that he said, uh, you're, you're decent. You know, you're a good goalkeeper, Luke. Have you got, like, you should think about going professional <laughs> I swear in my life and I was at I was at West Brom and I was like oh, I, I am like you know I'm like so modest and that <laughs> oh, I am I've kind of got a contract to West Brom and Poyet was the same Poyet was talking to my dad saying yeah your son's still got a chance you, know, you should get him into a professional club because there was basically all these vets and then there was two or three young players but one professional but a few like uh, young players who could run a bit so that's how quick he can turn around so like it can knock your confidence to the floor and then somehow you can be flying high a few weeks later. Yeah. There's no bigger there's no bigger accolade in football than doing the main interview on the Barnsley Chronicle on the Friday, is there? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How did you enjoy moving to the metropolis? Oh, it was brilliant. It's... It was brilliant. It was just such a good time. I always think of um 
those first few weeks when I didn't know anybody and all this mayhem about the cup. You know, we made this, we beat Chelsea, lightning struck twice, we beat Chelsea and we're at Wembley. You know, it was amazing. I've never played at Wembley since. It was all going great. And then they, I signed for them and yeah, had about six, seven seasons virtually playing all the time. What about the high street? The high street? The I was just having a look there. What year did you say? 2008. Ibiza? So it's, Ibiza, it's, it's probably just t- teaching off the Ibiza yeah. then. Well, Tarimoli, You're talking Magaluf now. Yeah. Yeah. All I knew that I got an apartment for £490 a month. Um which is the cheapest I've ever heard of. Nine, well, nine bedroom apartment. <laughs> 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 With a <the> butler. <laughs> <laughs> so what Col- the manager who signed you at Barnsley? Simon Davey. Simon Davey. Yeah. Who I nearly had a fight with actually the next year because I was in the team till the end of the season. Then the next year, the goalie was injured, Heinz Muller got back. He played him. He played me to begin with and I was playing all right. He played, then he dropped me. And again, I was like sub for a good few months, like half the season, most of the season. But I was thinking I'm, I should be playing. I thought that I was, I was doing well enough to be playing. He wasn't playing well, basically. And one day at a game, he, I think he named the team and I just was drinking a bottle of water. And I, this is out of character. I just dropped that water and I'd had enough. I was like, and then at the end of the game, he started saying stuff about me and I just lost the plot. It's probably, the, probably a couple of times in my whole career I've done that. I've lost the plot and... I am going, all my emotion, all my like, because I train hard, I train like, I do everything well, and I was going mental at this manager. Didn't care about, what, and you know, I was prepared to fight you just him. Lost, you, not the consequences were irrelevant. Irrelevant. Absolute red mist. I was stood up, nobody could control me. And uh, he kind of then obviously had to come back and, you know. Show his authority. Show his authority, but I was all in, I was all in. And I remember we get, got about that close and didn't, and I, you know, I'm 23, I'm not like old or... And you think about the old Rob Page right up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember end up being down in the gym afterwards crying, but thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Mickey Thomas a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but then to be fair to him, a few weeks later, they had four games to go and he put me back in the team. And then I obviously helped us stay in the league last day at Plymouth. And then after that, he gave me a two-year deal. So yeah, but he was he was okay. He weren't like a genius. Had loads of managers there. Who else? We'll say who came in next. Uh, Mark Robbins, my favourite Barnsley manager. To be fair, was yeah, was it? It? I, I, I was nearly your teammate then because he tried signing me. Right. I, I would have been your teammate. Yeah, we could have done with you. You wouldn't want to nick any of his birds. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I think uh, Christy, I know I one off John Park as well. She was massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was good. I like Mark Robbins. Good manager. He, um, he's there's no surprise that he's done like quite well since then. I called him actually. I, I called him a few weeks ago. Said about me going to Coventry. He said no. And <laughs> <laughs> that ship sailed now. Though. It's a really short story, but he said no. <laughs> Rob Coslook. Yeah, funny guy. Rob Coslook nicked the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah, they came when we, when we beat Chelsea. They obviously made a big thing of it, and the I don't know if you ever see the two guys that bring the FA Cup. They travel with it. They got the suits White and gloves. the top hats, real secure. Obviously, we're gonna have pictures with it straight away. Rob Coslock just grabs it, runs around the train, and going, "I've got it, I've got it." <laughs> <laughs> he was class. He was brilliant character. Some place or Barnsley, isn't it? Yeah, it's class. Like my family loved the the place. Like because you know for six seven years they came to watch. Um, it's just got so much about it without the razzmatazz, do you know what I mean? 
They're just simple folk, aren't we? Yeah, there's no Starbucks or Costa. I don't know if they've introduced Oh, there is now, mate. Oh, oh is there? Yeah. Oh. oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, weren't back in the day. We've got a Taco Bell now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we have actually. We've got a Taco Bell. Honestly, all more cons. They've done it all out to be fair. That's all fucking bars and everything now. Flipping eh? Why, did, why did you move to Leeds then? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just got bored really. Just had about three or four years and moved to Leeds to have a bit of fun. Yeah, to live in the city centre of Leeds. So I lived all like all around there really. I was only there for a couple of years, but. Barnsley's one of them every season it was like we needed to stay up we needed to stay up yeah. we were lowest paid we knew we were most seasons but enjoying it yeah I loved it I always had little Number offers one. to go elsewhere and again it was like those in between offers where I knew I weren't really getting going to be playing and this is when money really didn't I didn't care about that I really wanted to be happy because I'd had the you know the big clubs and or the bigger clubs and like a bit more money but then I was at Barnsley I was appreciated I was number one you know, I became captain. captain. Yeah, captain in the end, which meant everything to me. I've always said that, that when they gave me that, you know, I felt so much pride and even more passion for the club. And I really fell in love with it. Like, I fell in love with the club. Like, and it's great if that ever happens. I don't know whether that's happened to, to you guys as a footballer, no. but if you fall in love with the club, it's like a little bit like how I said, I wanted to improve everything. I wanted the groundsman to be, like, to get the pitch better and things like that. And it was, I was like all in. I was balls deep. Barnsley was my club. That was it. Um, Balls deep in Barnsley. Yeah, <laughs> that's what your video will be called. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's refreshing though to hear yeah. that because I mean, there's not, like you said, not many players get to that point where or have that mentality of really enjoying and like you said, falling in love with the club and getting better offers to go elsewhere. Yeah, that's a big thing. And wanting to stay. Yeah, no, I, I remember Fulham offering me a deal I think Schwartz was still there but I just knew I weren't going to play and I was like this is one of them slippery roads where then you don't play and blah 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 and I was I wanted to get to 10 years I always wanted to be at a club for 10 years didn't quite happen but like I was lovely I was loving it I got loads of managers a sack obviously but <laughs> you know <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Part of football. Do you like Key Phil? Yeah, he was he was all right. We've Keith... heard like some of these kind of inspirational talks that maybe don't quite hit the spot. Yeah, he's raw. He's really raw. His language is a bit, you know, old school. But he was a more of a motivator. You know, he he was. You know, he had Vaz Tay, a lad at uh, West Ham, and I like I like telling numbers because I think it's quite relevant. But he was on five hundred pounds a week at, at Barnsley. He had a dodgy knee. Um, by November, December, he'd scored 12, 13 goals for like a mid-table average team. And we sold him in the January. I can't West remember Ham. how much they sold him for. Yeah, we might have got... No, I think we sold him for half a million because he was only on a year contract. And he went to, he went on 20 grand a week and then scored the winner that same season at Wembley to go to Premier League. So then I think he went to like 30 grand a week. So, like, within less than a year, he went from £500 pounds 
dodgy knee, couldn't, couldn't pass a medical, scoring the winner. Obviously, I think it was double bubble or something like yeah. that, but he was on a lot of money. It might even be more than that, but... It's probably more highs and lows, what you were saying about yeah. playing for the yeah. All-Stars. Too, yeah. He's but Keith, gone through the same, hasn't he? Exactly, Chris. But Keyfield was so intense with him, caned him, you know, but he bought into it that he was struggling. So that's why if you get a struggling player, sometimes it's the best ones to have because they're desperate, you know. And to have that change around... Is like one hell of a one hell of a season. Mm. But that's, that's what that's it, a, it's, it's not like there's not many other industries where it can literally change like that. You know what I mean? He's gone from twenty five grand a year to well over twenty five grand per week. Mm. Yeah. Remember your Christmas do in Leeds? Yeah. That gate crashed. Yeah, probably. Because you, 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 you get crashed at mine once in not in Newcastle. I did. I. You're just going on all different Christmas <laughs> days. <laughs> I think I was out on a Sunday and I, I didn't know you were there. I've just walked, come out of the toilets in this bar in Jesmond and he's laid on a sofa, like a booth. Like, you know, when he gets sleepy, don't he? After yeah, a few yeah. He's like half asleep. I was like, that's parky. <laughs> in Newcastle, on a Sunday night at like six o'clock, asleep. I hadn't seen you for probably two or three years before, like since I'd seen you. But he was full. He'd had enough flag, you know, when he's done, he's yeah, done. Yeah. So I hadn't seen him in years. Within two minutes, we we're going for an all you need Chinese. <laughs> Got a little pick me up for about half an hour, an hour, yeah, one more bar, and then I would done it again. Full chicken. Yeah. Usual well, bottom of the league, but Barnes are near the bottom, looking like you're getting relegated. You organised this Christmas doing Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I live there. You took the rate. <laughs> you organised it all. Yeah. That was, that was again one of my greatest achievements. Yeah. <laughs> Just under the Ronaldo bit, but we were bottom of the league, the great escape year, blah blah blah. We were rock bottom. I think the furthest away from your safety, safety that anyone had been on. And like we had this Christmas do. And again, we didn't have a big pot of fine money, but I organised it. Um, but what, what I did is I stripped all the furniture from my apartment, which was a city centre of Leeds, and kind of moved it upstairs. So I kind of made a big disco room and things. So everyone, everything was on a budget. The living room we went to, organise a party. I must have invited, I was single at the time, obviously. I must have invited every girl that I knew within the Yorkshire, Manchester area, <laughs> you know, like and got everyone there and, and had this Christmas doing it. It was great. And we spent hardly anything, but we had a great night. I got glassed actually on my arm. <laughs> that, that is great a night. Do you, do you, uh, and like, my whole arm was blue and black, but it, was, it weren't his fault. He didn't mean to. And uh, yeah, that saved us, I think, that Christmas do. <laughs> Not the immense effort after Christmas. Okay. I remember we went back to yours. It was me, you and Jim O'Brien, who is a musician. Proper Good, musician. Yeah. Like. Mm. And he he'll just gone to this as well, so he's, he'll, he'll appreciate the compliment. And his class, he just, I think he just sang for about an hour on the yeah. guitar. We were, were, were uh, worse for wear. Well, we'd have a routine on the, at the end of the night out, especially when we were both single, that we'd got always go back to mine in Leeds and, you know, I'd have a guitar there and it'd be like a little concert. You know, it was a proper after party, you yeah. know, like it was people could sing and dance and people would sing if they, you know, could add a voice and he'd play the class. You used to get invited to random things, random openings of like different rooms or something. We went to the living room one day and there was people giving massages. You remember that one? Oh, speed dating. We went speed dating. (laughs) (laughs) What you and Jim did? I don't know if you did me and Chris, but I remember going, we knew the guy who owned it and he said that there's this speed dating thing. So we went up to the top and there was like, literally, I think you got two minutes to speak and then they go ting and then you move around. How did it go? I, I, it wasn't me, but you were. Fuck <laughs> off! Oh I was in a relationship you. at the time. <laughs> um, you were judging Mr. Leeds Gear UK or Summit. 
shit. What was it? A biobat town then, Leeds? No, it wasn't. But when I get injured, John, like I try not gamble, I try not drink, I don't do drugs, but I've got an addictive thing. So like I'll socialise. And at that point, I think I got a little injury. It was my back actually, it came back. I didn't, why have you, why have you mentioned this? <laughs> had to be brought up. Mate, so I, I literally had this in my head. I was thinking there's no way, because there's a picture as well. Basically, I, I was a judge on Mr. Gay UK 2012. But, um, so what yeah. did you look for in a good specimen? Just like a tight, tight ass and yeah, chiseled. Yeah. Someone who's nice, got a bit of character. Yeah, but Did I just speaking that were they like yeah like it was a massive dude thing. it was a massive dude thousands of people it's the biggest one in the UK a guy called Terry George he runs it I said no and then on the night I remember going out and had a few drinks and I was very like I'm very open in terms of like I had a few gay friends still have now and I just thought yeah I'll do it you know on the night it caught me on a good moment a bit like my electrician uh, <laughs> and if you, and it's and, in a good mood go and ask him yeah and he said I said yeah go on then I'll do it and I was up there presenting him in this that and whatever choosing like the guy to the best of my ability and um yeah it was just it was in the papers and the websites and my mum actually sent me the next day saying what are you doing like you know. <laughs> is there a blueprint like this, like this is what this is what we're looking for we're looking for nice Tight eyes nice eyes uh chiseled frame <laughs> firm buttocks personality done some uh charity work barry fry esque yeah. tan world peace all that sort of stuff <laughs> Yeah, they were basically half naked, but it was done on like looks, personality, things like that. So I don't even know how I got into this, but <laughs> it was just one of the nights I was steaming up on stage in front of thousands of gay guys, just like you mad must have been, for it. You must have been like fresh meat, were you? I don't know. Uh, were you getting I can't remember a lot. That. From, I can't remember a lot from that night. It's weird. Just what? woke up and I was in this weird flat. <laughs> 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 But you'd ring, isn't it? Do you fancy going to open an, uh, an art gallery in Leeds City Centre? Yeah, like, because yeah. you've got to get out there. You've got to socialise. And when you're, you know, you sat there doing nothing all the time. But did you not enjoy it? Like getting out there, meeting people. Yeah. Meeting people yeah, away from football. You did football used to, to a lot of good people. Football used to bore me so much to, uh, I think you're the same uh, mm. when you played and that. I couldn't get involved watching Sky Sports all the time. I needed to stimulate my mind with something else. So whatever's on my doorstep, I kind of thought, right, I need to attack this. That's the reason I moved to Leeds because I was going a bit insane with like the repetition and all the rest of it, <clears throat> which is why I ended up moving to Greece. One of the big reasons, because I was like, you know, I need, I need something Change. else. I need a new challenge. Yeah. Variety. So yeah, that's, that's what it was. So I used to drag Chris to art galleries and, you know, openings and stuff, beauty pageants, yeah, things like that. But that was probably my best time living in Leeds because yeah. we, we used to join Virgin, didn't we? You yeah. supported Richard. Got us, <laughs> got us a membership. <laughs> but we did. We saw the Virgin on a night, and there was a fancy Nando's, and then we uh, Alchemist. We just yeah. go for a couple of pints in the Alchemist on a random Wednesday. Yeah. And we're both on the pitch. We're both doing well. We was, yeah. Happy, happy, we happy we weren't living. It, we weren't. We weren't you living are. the best. We were living terribly. In fact, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say terribly. I say the alcohol, but like diet and all the rest of it. We were on it. We'd go to the gym. We're doing all the extras, and it was working. Yeah. Weren't we? Yeah. What were your first opening line on the speed dating? Can you remember? Um, I am, I'm Luke. I'm a. I, I think I just. I think I sat down and changed my personality every single time and just sort of <laughs> was inventing new characters. That's what I used to do. I'm a gay beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah. Judge. Hi, I'm Sandra. I used to open with. <laughs> just to try it out. It was, it was something. It was good. So, yeah, like Barry Fry with a contract. 
Uh, Fergie with a the contract. There's the number. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding it across the table. Yeah. So how did, how did it come about leaving Barnsley then? You were happy there? Uh, yeah, I was happy there. We got relegated in the last season, which is... I, I was I was injured for a few months there. Jack Butland came in and filled in while I was away. And then I came back and I was... My back was really sore. Like, that was another time. It's weird because it was Sheffield again. I went to see a specialist and he was like, look you're not going to be that player who plays many years longer if you even get back from this injury. So I thought the stress fracture had opened up again. So yeah. there's two sm- tiny little bones, L5, which is on your lumbar, and when they come away from each other, obviously it's excruciating, but mine had been, you know, last, all these years of damage had obviously taken its toll. And yeah, I got back and we got relegated. I was devastated because we had a push at the end, but we weren't right. The, the players we had weren't right. They were like some talented lads and we had Liam Lawrence and Paddy McCourt Woodsy you know but it, we just didn't get going I was gutted because we could have stayed up that year you're missing one that springs to mind straight away oh Frimpong Frimpong am I saying that right Frimpong Frimpong from Emmanuel Frimpong yeah. from Arsenal there. Frimpong mm-hmm. yeah he was there I can he imagine he didn't text to the bars this lifestyle <laughs> mate he had no idea no clue he came from Arsenal you know but he was like fully Arsenal like London you know Arsenal Arsenal he came to Barnsley and he just didn't he didn't get it but he was this weird guy I remember asking him the first few days I was like alright oh, so you were at Arsenal how long you signed for us for because I knew he'd signed properly and like he was like yeah I've kind of signed it, but I'm connected with, with Arsenal still like I'm, and I was like what do you mean in denial like, this is, honest to God and he and he he was like telling me that yeah, but I'm kind of like, I'm here, I'm at Barnsley, but I'm only like I'm, I'm part of Arsenal still. <laughs> so we were absolute ball, <laughs> mate. You would not believe it. It was like, like his, wife. his wife's kicked him out, and, yeah, but and he I'm doesn't want to leave. I'm still and he's like, yeah, but like, we're still we're still together. Like, kind of, she, like, she's got Gardner in. <laughs> it's like Trump at minute in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still president. I'll still be president in another six months. I'm still president. Yeah. I know I'm not the president at the minute, but I will be in six yeah. months. I'm still affiliated with it. Yeah, that's what he was like. Donald Frimpong. That could be a great wind up from Wenger, though, couldn't it? It's yeah. cool. Wenger just said, yeah, go to Barnsley, but you can, you can come back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, come, you can come, come see the kids. <laughs> Chris Eagles was like that at United. He couldn't let it go. He, he was like, yeah, I'm at Burnley, but basically Man will buy me back soon. Buy back clause. Yeah, for ten next 10 years. <laughs> but like Frimpong, was, was, he was like that. He, didn't, he couldn't let go. He'd been at Arsenal and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Arsenal. Probably. And I was like, I've read it online. You're not. You're part of Barnsley now. Like, <laughs> Is he an know, English fella? Yeah, but he's lived here. Is he from England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaks with a London accent, but he's, um, you know, he's on a different planet. But some—that's why it's hard. It's hard. I was always scared of that leaving a big club and going because you can only go like to smaller clubs, really, from United and Arsenal and places like that. But I was always scared of being that twat who, you know, was always talking about United. You've got to know, like, be be aware of what's going on. You've got to recognise that. Ben Foster's the Van der Sars are better than you. Yeah, Fring Pong. Probably a realist at times, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, you've got to be a realist. Like it's, it's, and I feel so sorry for some players that don't see it that way. And it's the pride. It's the pride that I, and I see, I think, flipping out. You're way off it. You might not even be a League Two player, but it's going to be a long old road. Yeah. The wind up brought him back down to earth, though, didn't it? Can we talk about that? The wind up? On Fring Pong? Which one? When, didn't somebody pretend to be a girl? Oh, flipping heck, yeah. That's a good one. That's that's uh, that's cringy. But so 
so basically he signed and he was a bit of a like he was he was a nice enough lad but he was full of shit I think he was his cousin was like <laughs> his, his cousin was biz, uh, a rapper yes. the rapper Brizzle, Brizzle. Some, yeah because he was on the music video Bizzle, Bizzle. Was on the, on Lethal the Brizzle or something like that. Yeah. You know it, like Lethal a big Bizzle. rapper. What's his name? Is it not Lethal Bizzle? Lethal, Lethal Bizzle. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, so he was always going on Sounds about scary. that. <laughs> you would have tore him to pieces, John. Honestly, you would have tore him to pieces. But he, um, one of the lads, because he didn't have anyone's number, one of the lads pretended to be a bird, sending him, uh, sending him like messages saying, oh, I'm so-and-so, and started using the... A girl, I think it's illegal now, but it probably was then. But you know, <laughs> sending pictures to say, Oh, you know, I saw you and you play for Barnsley, I've got your number off so and so. Obviously, he started replying dirty messages, pictures, and things like that. Has and it went to picture his one word the full Monty, <laughs> the full Monty, and everything. And it was horrible because I'm one of them was going, Oh, just stop it, please, blah blah blah. And then it got to the stage where I think this is Jim O'Brien, they made the montage onto like the big screen we got him in one morning and they said look we're going to go through set pieces on the big screen and they had all the messages the pictures of the pipe and everything <laughs> I, I think it was before videos thank god but um, how did he take it oh, he took it he took it alright but it was terrible it was hard it was it was one of the best because we did it properly the video analysis guy got involved <laughs> do you know what I mean it was a proper pe- like you know presentation <laughs> A whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to hold your hands up, I think, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I think he did, to be fair. I think he took it really well, as far as I remember. But yeah, that was one of the worst. That was like a poor... Like Impressive a, one wood on Frimpong? Not bad, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I can give any positives for any... Has anybody got experience? Any women watching or anything? He's fine, do you know what I mean? <laughs> they'll, they'll do a job. Yeah. Just <laughs> not a fucking right back or whatever position they were. <laughs> we, we played just... And obviously I knew about him. I think you were telling us about him, what he was like. So for the full 90 minutes, I was just trying to get a bite from him, just leaving one on him randomly. And yeah. But halfway through the game, I thought, he's actually sound. Because it wasn't yeah. phasing him. He'd have a little smile and whatever. So after the game, I went over, and you don't know this. I said, oh, Steve, he said you're a dick, but you're actually all right. <laughs> so if, if, if he was a bit off where you're after, then yeah. you blame me. That's all right. I'm going to Google him after, because I want to know what his career looked like. I messaged him to see if he'd come on, but... I think, he th- I think he's still got thinking about Lightning's, the wind up. Yeah, so yeah. you don't know old number. Nah. <laughs> we uh, we had so many people coming at Barnsley. Obviously, they were getting trialists in all the time from all over the world, really. But you know, they were trying to nick a freebie player and things like that. It was great. Just like every week, you'd have like someone new come in, or you know, an old pro that you'd not seen in years. It's class. It was just you know, roll in, roll off. Paddy McCourt. We had, I think I had an pa- Paddy McCourt. He came out with us, didn't he, one night? Yeah, big drinker, but talented guy didn't didn't love football enough really he was you know if you want a good watch on youtube watch his best goals because he was phenomenal but the worst trainer terrible body flipping their cover <laughs> i've, I've oh, not the body low, no no and i'm not renowned for having a great like he's just a mr gear competition a mr gear competition he thinks he does fucking perfect for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think he poured a full pint of guinness over his head yeah he was oh, a ruin a shirt, that, innit? Uh, I think drink, I think drinking like alcohol, you know, especially in teams like that, there's nothing wrong with it. I will stick by that. You know, I I I do understand all the professionalism that's come into the game, but some of it's got ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not big on physios, physiotherapy, and things like that. I wouldn't even mention it to clubs that I've been at. I just 
you know, if they were ever to listen, I never go in there because I didn't believe in the machines, the biscuit tin, all the thing. I think it's crap. The biscuit tin. Yeah. The only thing I like is a chiropractor, but some of the stuff that football clubs do is crazy. Like staying overnight before games. That's, that was a big thing for the last three or four years of my career so far. Load of crap. Home games. Home games I'm talking about. Yeah. But Barnsley was great because we never had that. So it was all like, always like, off the cuff it was like you know you travel on the day to a lot of clubs within an hour and a half you yeah. just travel on the morning it's brilliant but but the hotels I hate I'm, I've got a condition where I don't sleep very well I'm calling it a condition but it's just you know a minor thing but I've been known to take fire exits apart uh, any sounds that I can hear I'm complaining I'm going knocking on doors because I can't sleep with any noise I just thought about <laughs> you dismantling a fire exit Alan Partridge came to mind when he'd done the uh, trouser press. <laughs> took the trouser press apart. <laughs> <laughs> <Little> Partridge. <laughs> Did you use several on your own then, away games? Or? Well, Barnsley, wouldn't pay for that, so um, I had a roommate a lot of the time, but yeah, after that, when I went to Greece, I roomed on my own a lot. Because you could Forest. pay the difference, couldn't you? Yeah, you can pay the difference, which is extortionate, but... I had to do it really. So the the, night, the good night's sleep weren't worth the extra 150 quid for the hotel? Nah, probably not. I would have had a better career if I'd done it earlier, <laughs> earlier on, but yeah. So could you leave on a free when Barnsley got relegated? Yeah, that- well actually I had it in my contract that if I was to get relegated I could leave on a free, which they accepted, which actually worked in my favour then. But Have you still got another year left? Yeah, I've got another year left. Um, so we got relegated under Flitcroft. And I was just a bit stale. Um, I don't think I was playing the best I could, but I needed another challenge, Chris. I just said to my agent, I can't believe he's getting so much coverage, by the way. <laughs> I'm not saying say the is right. Yeah, he's terrible. But he produced because I said, look, I need another challenge. I need to play abroad. I want to play abroad. I didn't think I was better than Barnsley or the championship, but I just wanted to play a different way. You know, you go pre-season, it's like everyone's ticky-tacky, everyone's watched the World Cup, everyone's playing out from the back. First game of season every boom. year, Barnsley, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah. So then um, somehow um, he got speaking to clubs abroad, let them know that I was up for going away. And Panathinaikos came in, came in for me. And I had a meeting down in London with Dabizas, who wanted to look me in the eyes. And that's what, that's a great... So the kid who were at Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. Burkamp did that weird thing around him. Um, so what was his role? He was technical director, sporting right. director. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, they all have him abroad, but he came and looked me in the eyes and said, like, yeah, you know, you're the one. And I signed a two-year deal there. I was chatting Sounds like it's one of your speed days. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Nico. <laughs> Give us a call, eh? I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the manager off this one. They're not coming to speak to me. Yeah. I'm happy with the sporting director this one. Yeah. And that was me. I was in the, I was with my mates in the apartment. And then got a shout saying, look, there's a plane, they booked your ticket tomorrow morning, go and have a look at the place, maybe have a, you know, talk to them. And again, I ended up going, flying the next morning, spoke to the manager, flew the next morning, and I trained, I think, 48 hours after, and that was it. I was in the squad for the next game. Are you married, kids, at this time? No, I was single. Right. I'd just split up from a girl in Leeds, and I was single, so that made it even better, like, because it was timing. Yeah. You know, I didn't have any kids. I was 29, and that was it. Bam, I signed a two-year deal, not on particularly good money, which is very important because, you know, a lot of people said, oh, he must be on great money there, blah, blah, blah. But huge club, which Panathinaikos is, they weren't blessed with a lot of cash at the time. And they offered me a, you know, similar to what I was on at Barnsley, but I think it was a tiny bit less when I worked it out. 
And yeah, I ended up signing a three-year deal after the first season. So I got like, you know, then I I got a really good contract. But, you know, I went to just for an adventure. It's all about the experience. All about the experience, the adventure. It's what I wanted. I wanted to be in the deep end. I wanted to be nervous again, which I was like on the plane thinking, flipping it. What am I, like, what am I doing? You know, went to do the medical and signed that, that next day, I think. So there's not many English lads do it, is there? No. Take the plunge of going abroad, yeah. especially it's considering you've manufactured well. that really that move, haven't you? Yeah. You've, you've said, I want to go abroad. Yeah. You've well, it, I think it's the opportunity as well, yeah. as much as anything. I don't think I don't think I ever had an opportunity to go abroad. But that's what I'm saying. Luke's manufactured it himself. I want to go abroad and play abroad. Find me a club abroad. Yeah. And it's all right doing that, but you've probably got the biggest club. Well, what, them and Olympiacos, the biggest clubs in Greece. You know, yeah. like we've had Liam Lawrence on. Who went to probably Pauk. fourth or fifth? Yeah, but I remember I went over to went up to see you, and you were playing away, and you left as the keen. So I just go to the sports bar, absolutely every single telly, big Panathinaikos game, loads of fans in the pub. I'm thinking, fuck me, this is a a proper club, you yeah. know, like probably equivalent of Man U and that over here. Was it now opening when you got that? In terms of the ultras and the the fans, how enthusiastic they are and. Yeah, I mean, I loved every minute of it from having a medical and the doctor, the doctor, because it's all about the rivalry there. So like the, the derby games are everything. And obviously Olympiacos is that, that's the derby of eternal em- enemies. So they, they always say they'll never be, that'll never go, that'll be forever. And the doctor who was doing my medical, he was doing a heart scan. I was going through all these bits and bobs. He was a stern looking Greek guy. Didn't speak a word to me the whole time. Just like, uh, uh. And then like he was doing... And he looked at me at the end of this. This is on the, you know, the first few hours. I'm there. I'm straight away to a medical. My agent's doing the contract, things like that. And he, uh, I'm trying to say stuff to him. And he's like muttering away. And then it finished. He was like, okay, close on, blah, blah, blah. And then he looked at me and said, fuck Olympiacos. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think it was a bird that they'd sorted out for you? This was a little sweetener. Yeah, we've got a bird here. She's called Olympiacos. <laughs> fuck her. <laughs> And I was, I was like, little, little sweetener, fuck <laughs> Olympiacos. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to like me saying that, but that's how it was. But it was all about that. If your family was one or the other, then that was it. You were green or red. And it was either, you see all around Athens, number seven, which is gate seven for Olympiacos, or ours, which is green, gate 13. So they, that's the actual gate, but that is it. Gate seven, gate 13. Gate for it. what? Well, they were the ultras, so that they all called ultras, like their main people. But gate thirteen was—it was actually the gate they all came in behind one of the goals for our place and one of the get, uh, goals at their place. But that was their the ultras. But the whole experience, just again, it was like I was in it. I was like in a movie, you know, like yeah. I was going around places, like looking at apartments and on like near the beach and near the sea. It was red hot. It was like late thirties. We had Stanley Asia in a few weeks straight away in a, a Champions League qualifier. It was. Um, you know, obviously the home games, it was like electric, like fireworks and crackers going off. And, you know, the press, the media, they, they think it's bad here. It's just like they, they're like on you. When you're doing a welcome speech, you have to do a speech. Like, I don't know if you see it, a lot of the foreign clubs do it. But like all these things, you have to then address yourself to the, to the people, to the, to the media and to the fans and say, hi, I'm really pleased to be here. You know, thanks for the opportunity and things like that. And I was loving it because I was like just... 
right, okay, what's this, what's this? I had a translator, what's this? And everything was like just going on. That was it, that was me, I was addicted. So did you, did you embrace the culture and the language? Yeah, I was, we had a Dutch coach and he was like, you've got to have lessons. So I had lessons two, three times a week. Um, you know, there's a few other players having the lessons and you know, I just got involved, just got involved, said yes to everything, got another tutor who kind of did extra lessons. You know, I was, you know, I was fully in, up for, you know, embracing the club and stuff like that. And again, I've, I've really like fell for the club. The passion and the difference to England is, is, is crazy. But, you know, luckily I got in the team. That's obviously a big part. I forgot after one or two games, the keeper who'd like been playing, he got dropped. I got put in. I was playing all these friendly games. That was it. I was always playing friendlies. I, won, I got seven one, one nil wins in a row for friendly games. Then I got in the first team and we kept winning one nil, one nil. And that was me. I was off, off and running. And it, it, it makes such a difference when you start off at a club well because, you know, it's the first impression kind of thing and you do well. And that was it. I was, I think in the November, I was playing at PSV in the Europa League. So, because we missed out on Champions League. So we go into Europa League. You know, we drew one all that game. My dad was in the crowd at PSV and, it, you know, we've gone from playing in the championship at Barnsley and then we're in the Europa League, mm. getting a draw at PSV. It was class. It was just what I wanted. And that, I was reborn. I was really like, I was in love with the game. I was like looking at this, looking at that. And that was me. Were you, did you thrive off, you know, how fanatical they are over there? Was yeah. Was that just a completely different, obviously, to... Mate, we, in the first season, I think we had a few bad results. And I heard in the change room one morning at training that uh, the ultras are coming. So I was like, what do you mean the ultras are coming like here? <laughs> and this is like the manager came into the change room, says, look, everyone stay quiet. The ultras are coming. The dab is ass, everyone, like the main guys were there. I think the president was there. So the president basically is the guy who owns a club, not of the country. But he, um, the ultras turned up 50 strong, all on motorbikes, the roughest looking lads you've ever seen green you know the ultras and stuff might have had a firework or like a flare and the guy put like they have a leader so it's all military style they have a leader he was intimidating really into he had man wrists and like <laughs> he would then proceed to address the team either say it was i think it was more of a good luck one that one or come on we're like panathinaikos and like they get in your face the president was shushed the uh, hush the manager wouldn't say a thing there's 50 of them surround like, like a circle and we'd all have just to listen that happened the first time and I was, a, I was playing well at that time really enjoyed it but it happened again in the third year when we were having a really bad time I think we'd got knocked out of Europe that was it we didn't qualify for the Europa League they came out onto the training ground I physically roughed us up roughed the captain Zeka who like they grabbed him by the shirt this is like and you can't do you, you can't do anything obviously he's kind of not fighting back but he's having a bit I'm kind of grabbing him but they are, they mean business. They're going mental. They're going nuts. But that's what they do. Like pushing and shoving. Yeah. But like intimidating stuff. Like, you know, a that's few... next level, man, isn't it? Yeah, a few like digs as well. So can dig, you... Digs at us and saying, look, you know, obviously it's in Greek and English and Greek and English, but that blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. But the first time it happened, I loved it. So that was another part. I wanted to be part of stuff, stuff like that and made me feel their passion. They're like, yeah. that was their life. It was their complete life. All the money went on the games, traveling. You turn up at hotels and you get on the, like at 10, 11 o'clock at night, day before a game. And there'd be like fans around the entrance of the hotel with flares and singing the songs. And 
Felt like it mattered. Smoke bombs. You should have said to the meme guy, look, honestly, I'm not good at sleeping. Can you, can you just tell him to put them fireworks out? I'll honestly have a much better game tomorrow. <laughs> Did it feel like it mattered? Oh, Do you think yeah. that's why it you enjoyed so it? It so much, yeah. It mattered so much. And it was more about the, if you gave the right performance, they knew that Olympiacos had a stronger budget. In the first year, we just missed out on winning the league. And I think we got deducted points and... Banned. Our fans got banned a lot, a lot, and like that meant the repercussions. Repercussions of that would be playing with no fans for two or three games. So that was a real poor part of it. But it mattered. It, everything mattered. In, and like you said, you'd go to a bar, a cafe where I kind of got to know people, like little cafes. And if you didn't play well, or you lost, had a bad result, or drew against a, a, a poor team, they'd treat you differently. They'd be like, because you've played bad or whatever. That's how it is, you know. See, that what's met Barnsley so good, mate. You can get Dick Fournil at home, mate. You can hit Wellington Street and you know you still get legs at air. That's what I was meaning before, like talking about Peterborough, like the contrast in terms of that being a, a business. And then you're there and how emphatical everybody is. Like, this matters. Every game matters. Yeah. And yeah. it's more about playing and winning. Yeah, you're representing... It's harder for a keeper because you can't give more effort than in one game than another, but they wanted to be represented as people. Like, they didn't have a different religion to the rivals, but they had, like, a, an identity. So they wanted to be represented as, like, never give up, full effort, play with a bit of, like, uh, pinass, like... But if you didn't give that, you'd get hell. you get hell. And that's when social media was like, I just opened an account when I went to Greece. And... You know, it was great when you're playing well. It's like all these plaudits and, like, you know, they've got three million fans, apparently, uh, Panathinaikos around the world. But then he's played bad and it's like dog's abuse, absolute dog's abuse, really Did is. you ever worry about, sort of when we've heard stories, did you ever worry about, like, not getting paid? Or did you ever not get paid? Or I didn't. When I first went there, I didn't because I thought it's Panathinaikos. They got to the semi-final Champions League a few years ago and, you know, they're a huge club, but... I didn't realise, because obviously I went there, and the first year I went there was that big crisis across Europe, right. where Greece obviously owed all that money, and the, the country was in crisis, so then things started getting tough, but I, even then I thought, oh, our guy, he owns Sky TV or whatever, and he'll be fine, but they'd be late, all the time they'd be late, got later, and in my last year, it was a shambles, because I was late, getting paid a penny, like sometimes three or four months. So you did not get paid for three, four months? I didn't get paid for five, six months in the last little bit of the... The last six months being there. And that's the only bit that went wrong. I lost my position, like, fairly. Like, I dipped in form. The lad at Benfica now, he's class. Um, he was coming up. He was like a German-Greek, and he took my place. Only for, like, the last six months. But I played all the games in Europe that year. So I still had, like, enough to keep me going. But then they made it clear that they had to get rid of the budget, wanted me out. And I didn't get a penny, John for I think it was six months like not did a penny. you get it eventually I I cut a deal with them to leave because I was like happy to leave but when I talk about falling in love with a club I wasn't I wanted to I didn't want to take the piss so this has happened to a lot of players and they've just gone right we're going to FIFA you know and it's taken years I SEN I don't think getting the money that your wages that you're owed is taking the piss no, but I, I knew that what had happened to people like SCN and a German lad, of friend of mine, he was literally not training, not seen. He was like not getting a penny. He'd gone through FIFA and everybody thinks FIFA will just sort it. They'll pay you. It takes years. And even then, they don't have to pay. They can drip feed it over five, six years. I didn't want that. 
and I knew the financial trouble they were in and just wanted to leave on a positive. So I did a deal basically um, to leave. I sliced a bit on the t- off the top, you know, maybe a European bonus. So they give me money. And again, I just thought time to go. Three years, just over three years I was there. I knew I had Bristol who wanted me. So I just went there and I just wanted to give a little bit back, you know. I, like not as a hero but I just I literally couldn't what take that money because they'd given you this life experience yeah in a way but I knew for the pain from the fans who have nothing to do with the financial situation they mm. they were struggling so much where their club was going and the president had pulled his money and said look I'm not paying all this big money blah 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 um, anymore I just felt like it was the right thing to do and I just I was more about off. more about Panathinaikos fuck them <laughs> Give me over six years. But I would have had to stay another year. I had another year in my contract. I would have had to say another year. I might not have even trained with the team because if they want someone out, they want someone out. And well, I didn't want that to It's a little bit different happen. the fact that you had Bristol to come home to. Yeah, well, I kept that hush and that's how I played it. Again, you have to learn these things to, you know, who's got the control, who's got the power. When yeah, you've got no club to go to. Oh, are you now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, exactly. We'll slice a little bit more off the mm, top then. Exactly. And by this time, Gilberto Silva, yeah. he was our sporting director. And like, you know, even he didn't have the power, so. How can, he, how can Gilberto, sporting, the sporting director, World Cup winner, knowing that lads are not getting paid? I don't, I don't understand how people can do that. But do you think that was part of the process of you leaving? Like, like you said, you've fallen out of favour. You've been paid no problem up to that point, And it, maybe the club did want, did want you to leave. So it's like, right, we'll stop paying him now. It'll yeah, because deal. yeah, because they they paid other players, the ones that they wanted to keep. Yeah. They paid, they just didn't pay me. But what do you do as a player? Like you think that you're protected by all these fifals, but look at like Leeds and Wimbledon or Rushton Diamonds who've gone out of business. It's not as straightforward as players think, and they don't realise how lucky they are to play in this country and get the regular income. Because when you go across Europe, you've seen it in Italy, mm-hmm. in the Serie A, you know, Juventus have been relegated. It happens in loads of countries. Okay, Germany's very solid. Holland's quite solid. Scandinavia's getting that way. But there's so many countries out there that don't have that stability in uh, the financial sector. But over there, mate, there was clubs that I knew. Obviously, I got to know everything. There was clubs in the Super League, the top league, not getting paid. If they'd started bad or they had a bad run, they wouldn't get paid. Mm. Or they'd get cash. A lot of cash flying about. Got to love those 500 euro notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just clean. <laughs> like a greeny colour. Stacked. <laughs> what were the, uh, obviously you were single at this time, were you? Um, I then got with a girl from England in 2015, 16. Did you have a little bit of time in Greece on your own? Yes, I had a year and a half. Yeah, good year, good 18 oh, months. Yeah. yeah, it was good, brilliant. Looked after me very well. Obviously there's always something to do. Totally different. Everyone eats at nine, ten at night. Glyfada. Glyfada is where I lived in near, near Athens. Yeah, they oh, couldn't do enough for you. They were brilliant. They, were, you know, people knew my situation, but I was getting involved in things and going to openings. And <laughs> <laughs> I went Mr. over. <laughs> I went over um, twice, if you remember. So my little boy's mum was in Santorini with her mum, and she had a fall. She fell back in the room and ended up fracturing her skull. So she got airlifted to Athens Hospital. Air, like serious, fractured skull, airlifted to Athens. And it's just by chance, that look, I mean, what are the chances that I knew somebody in Athens? So how far was Glyfada from, from Athens? About 15 minutes. So 
And bear in mind, she, she's turned up the hospital, fractured skull. I'm not laughing at that. I'm thinking he's phoned the fucking the main man at the hospital. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not an English person coming in. That's what I was going to. Because John, I went straight to the president <laughs> because she straight was on this man. in this hospital in Athens. In and there was about eight other people in in this room. Like it all, and basically didn't get the lickings of a dog. Just a random woman coming in. Yeah, but it, you've obviously gone to the hospital and spoke. Was the club doctor? Working from the hospital, or did you just speak to a random doctor who was there and made sure she was all right? And I got our doctor to speak to their doctors and things like that and see the situation and see if we could probably fly her somewhere else. Because in Greece, you don't have the NHS like it is here. Yeah. So if you're not privately covered, the hospital is shite. Like, I'm not being funny. It was it was terrible, that hospital that I, I probably didn't even tell you at the time, but it was a terrible hospital she got taken to because she wasn't private. So yeah. I think I said it was my mum or something, didn't I? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I hate using the word dodgy, but in Greece you could could manipulate the situation with cash a lot, and they will tell you that. Obviously, it's the black market. But my daughter was born in Athens, and we had a private doctor because you know we we didn't feel comfortable using the other. And after she was born, he stayed with her the whole time, delivered the baby, all the appointments. And when we were finished, um, the doctor texted me a week after saying, "Ah." Oh, uh, j- just to let you know, like obviously the payment, you know, is due now. And he said to me, "If you obviously it's X amount, but if you want to pay cash, just come to my surgery and pay forty percent less." So I did that. Obviously. Green ones, <laughs> get the green ones. I got the pinkies out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so even that, I've paid for the the doctors and things like that cash. You could do that with anything, which isn't isn't healthy for the economy over there, but <laughs> save me a few quid. Like you said, get involved with everything, so <laughs> local culture. They're not bothered. They're not bothered, are they? Yeah. Just keep putting the phone down on Merkel every time she, she rings up Colin and Denton. <laughs> nah, she'll be all right, leave her. Fuck her. Fuck her. Well, yeah. Another six months, I'll cut us a slice off top. It was all set up, return for, to Bristol. Yeah. It wasn't easy getting back to England, to be honest. It wasn't like I had loads of options. I think when you're abroad, it's great, but then you get forgotten and people don't really care about outside the Premier League or the English leagues. But I went to Bristol City, signed like a one-year deal um, with an option. And yeah, it was a good club. Lee Johnson was manager. But he was like somebody who was keen to get me on board, said come in and play. Um, Speak to him directly? Yes. Yes, directly. Very, very good speaker. To this day, I think he's one of the best speakers um, I've heard. Him and Gary Rowett to address the changing room full of lads he's he's brilliant but he said come in you and Frank Field and fight it out for number one and he said to me clear as day he says look I know obviously Frank's doing well you've come in a bit late like after a couple of games he said but you'll get the cup games in the Carling Cup or the whatever it's called whatever it was called three years ago so okay I went along with that played um, like you know flew over like literally trained straight away that was my and then I was out you know, my cleaner moved me out of the apartment in Greece. She flew all my stuff over to England um, and my partner. Boxed her off. Cash. Cash in hand. <laughs> cash in hand. But yeah, then, and like we, my first game, we beat Stoke in the cup, played well, beat Crystal Palace. I want to whiz through this story, by the way, but obviously then got to the quarterfinals, played Man U. We beat them 2-1. Um, a fantastic night. You know, last Sky, I think I can come in watching that. Yeah. yeah, and it's not easy to play once a month or every six weeks. And that was a huge game, you know, packed stadium. And I had quite a bit to do, made a few good saves, played well. Do you know what I mean? I played, you know, I probably didn't kick as well as I can do, but I remember making big saves. 
we scored in the last minute, we beat Man U. Ibrahimovic scored the free kick, a deflected free kick. Um, and then we're in the semi-final. <laughs> and then the day before the semi-final, he called me in the office and I knew something was up. I could just feel it as a player. You do. Come on, Lee. Yeah. And like, you know what I'm going to say? He, he sat me down. He's like, this is such a hard thing to say, but Frank's playing tomorrow. I'm going to put Frank in. And obviously he was the regular goalkeeper. And I was like, I thought it was given. You, you know it's coming. I knew it was coming when he got called into the office, but I was told I'm going to get the games until we're out of the cup. Mm. Yeah. And I think I even joked to him, oh, I'll have to win it then, like, you know, at the time. And he dropped me and he, and he, um, he put Frank in, who'd have been playing well in the league, but obviously I was the Carlin Cup man. I got, you know, it's gone down as the best win ever in the club's history to beat yeah, Man U yeah, in the yeah. quarterfinal. We're in the semi-final for God knows how long. And, you know, he's dropped me and I was, devastated absolutely devastated away at City it's a two-legged thing you know I was on the bench and we lost 2-1 that night but but he um, but the ironic thing is he played in the first leg but then on the Wednesday night at Derby got injured at half time I came on we drew 0-0 and um, I played in the second leg but she had to throw a couple in me just to fuck him off. <laughs> yeah, just fucking serves you right. Like. Yeah, and and obviously I'm, you know, I try to be, I was professional and I was happy to play. And it was a huge game. We just, I think we lost three two in the end, but we were going for the winner in the last few minutes, and that's how it goes. And you know, that swings and roundabouts, and that was like the first sign of me becoming a not a number one, if you know what I mean. Really, and, and that was that was a weird season because at the end of the year, I knew that he wanted another goalkeeper, Dean Henderson. And I was in Greece actually on holiday, and he called me, which like I thought my year was going to be extended, but I'd heard whispers because everybody talks, especially goalkeepers, and I knew that he was after this goalie, that goalie. So you know, he rang me and said, "Look, sorry mate, but we're not going to keep you." And I'd bought a place so down in Bristol and all of that. And but the thing is, right, he doesn't know this. And I'm quite good at hiding it. I was bladdered. I was steaming drunk when he called me, <laughs> like steaming drunk. And I remember just telling him, I was, and he was like, look, the reason, and I was like, Gaffy, you don't have to tell me. And I kept telling him, so, Gaffy, you don't have to tell me. Gaffy, you don't have to tell me. And he wouldn't know, unless he watches this now, I was steaming drunk, but I was like upset and I was thinking, flipping heck, I'm going to have to find a new club. I bought a place yeah. there. You know, I'd done well. I'd done well in the game. And he's probably come away from that when he took that quite well. Actually. Yeah, and he, and he kept saying, why don't you want to hear? I said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because I know what you're going to say but I know the reasons. I didn't yeah. want him to lie as well because I quite got on with him, but, you know, he wasn't a goalkeeper man, I must say. He's not, and a lot of managers are not. A lot of managers don't have a clue because it's a different, it's kind of a different sport in a way, but... I think it, it's prevalent, more prevalent recently with uh, Alisson and the, the him at Man, U, at Man City and to do it here as well. I think people have realised now it's a specialist position and can win your points. Yeah, and, and I fucking used to hate goalies, me fucking morning bastards and all that. But you, it is now a specialist position. Oh, it's were, but it's more seen that it is now. Yeah, uh, exactly. And some people try and cheat the goalie like an outfield player, and it doesn't work because you train separately. You kind of, you know, you've got to treat them differently depending on whether they're number one, two, old, young, strong, mentally not. And that was it. I left there. I had a good three months off in Greece. <laughs> no, I stayed there a bit longer than normal, but <laughs> yeah, I, I moved back in, I was back in England and then signed for Forest just after that. Which was your dream move? Which was my dream move, yeah. My agent produced again there. <laughs> I think he had a bit of bad press, me. He's, he's, 
he's grown, grown into his role, hasn't he, really? Yeah. He's got, he got you to, to Greece. He's got you to Forest. Why would Forest your dream move? It was just one of them ones when someone asked you, oh, who would you love to play for? And I'd be like, oh, of course, man, you AC Milan. But realistically, I want to play for Forest. It's an hour away from my house. It's a great stadium, always a good pitch. Just always had that, like, feeling about it. And that was my sort of target to play. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that be class if I get Forest? Never thought it could happen. And then it's funny because the owners of Olympiacos owned Forest. Right. So then they called me or called me agent and said, look, would Luke come and blah, blah, blah. And they gave me a two-year deal at 34, or it was nearly 35. I know it sounds like it's a championship club, but it was. I really wanted to play there. It was like flipping heck. I, every, lucky Luke again. <laughs> like I've had great time at Barnsley. Now I've had three years playing abroad in the Europa League. I've, you know, been at Bristol, but like, you know, now I'm going to get two years at Forest. And I went there flipping, you know, bang on it. Cranker was manager, a bit of a football style, but it didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dream, the dream not what you'd you anticipated. Built it all well. Mate, it, it, the dream was like, it was just, it was ran differently. It was ran like Greeks and I was used to that and the intensity of like the way they acted and the way that people from outside of the change room would speak and things like that. And, you know, I, I got a few chances, played in the cup. We did quite well in the cup, beat Newcastle, beat Stoke again. And, you know, if we should have got into a quarterfinals again, but... Not nah. dependent, yeah? Hey? Oh, yeah, I scored on my debut. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, Luke, lucky Luke again. First week, obviously, I came a bit late to the season. I was a couple of games in, so I, was in, I weren't on the bench for the league. I was on the bench for the Carling Cup. After 20 minutes, the keeper had made a mistake already, actually, and then... Um, came rushing out and got sent off so my first ever time I've been stripped like for the game I got on so I got on against Berry. we were 1-0 down we scored in the last few minutes Matty Cash played quite well and then went to penalties and yeah scored I think I was number 7 I think or 8 I say, I've saved a few penalties and we won, went through on penalties was it the winning penalty? it was uh, scored and then I saved and then we went through so yeah oh, we're confident taking it that's right the Rovers stuff isn't it? mate the goal's small <laughs> when you take, when, again, when you're taking penalties, I'd missed one actually for Barnsley, so um, I'd hit the bar in a penalty shootout years years before. But no, I was confident. Really, I was confident. The time in Greece made me so confident in terms of my footwork and things like that, my touch. It was just what I needed. It and was, it's, it's fair. You've it's come to fruition now, hasn't it? On a Sunday morning, <laughs> and I slotted it away. Yeah. <laughs> that was Were there any problems getting paid at Forest? No. No, no problem. Do you not think the thought we can't do it in England? We can get away with it in Greece, but we can't in England. Yeah, they knew they couldn't get away get away with it there. They they try lots of tricks and bits and bobs, but at Forest they've had so many players in those two years I was there. So many players, ins and outs and ins and outs. It's such a mixed bag of people from all over just thrown together. I mean, it was tragic that they didn't get in the playoffs last year, but part of me thought I'm not surprised because there's no consistency and you know. Are they still there now then, are they, the owners? Yeah, the owners are still there. Yeah. Marinakis, who owns Olympiakos, owns both. You know, you, you're still teetering, you still want to be playing. What, right now? Yeah. I don't know. I was hoping you guys would actually help me decide because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually in a, a weird position right now? right now where I don't know whether to carry on, like playing in goal, that is, or, or just not. So are you missing it? Over Feedback? to you. I trained yesterday for the first time with a conference side, just with a goalie coach, and I quite enjoyed it. It was hard work, like you know, I quite enjoyed it. But a part of me doesn't really miss um, miss the football club scene. 
See what it were for me, I weren't playing my last year, I weren't really playing. And I weren't knocking the manager's door down on a Monday morning saying, why am I not playing? Because that was the thing that, for me, teetered me like, well, that's, I've had enough then. Yeah. You've, no, got, your, you've got your youth, your youth Dreams project, yeah. which is a thing you started a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Yeah, I've got a business that does a lot of good work within like the schools and the within the youth, really. It's a mixed bag. It's not just football, different sports. And that's, I enjoy that. I enjoy the business side of that. I don't coach as such. I talk to assemblies and, you know, we try and we've got something going on in Greece, actually, like doing the half-term camps and that. But all the business side, I think that's what I'm going to continue once I officially finish. But at the moment, I feel like, especially yesterday, when I trained, I, I felt exactly like I did five years ago, ten years ago, sharpness and, okay, a bit of fitness just because I haven't trained for three months. But I don't know if I love it enough to really go for it and the offers I've had have all been three hours plus away and I've said no and I feel like at the moment I'm these next few weeks that I need to decide one way or another if I'm going to carry on to be honest and I don't know the answer I don't know the answer right now I couldn't tell you what I want to do so do you not think the fact that you don't know the answer is the answer maybe maybe like you I've not last year at Millwall never knocked on the door once to row at I thought that number one was better than me and playing better than me. So, you know, I just got on with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I feel like I don't want to be one of those that drags it out until I literally can't move, you know. But at the same time, I, don't, I want to give it a go if there's something that comes my way. But I just don't think the... I think I've fallen out of love with goalkeeping a bit. That's why I'm playing up front. <laughs> the thing <laughs> so is as well, much, mate, yeah. obviously you've had your history, your Bradley Dack as well. You've got a young family. Yeah. Do you want to be sat in a, one of them cast for... I'm, it sounds like I'm trying to... Read, I'm trying, your agent's phoned me this morning. So John's, tired, uh, John's on the opinion, no, right? Brilliant. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, that, that's, that, that's what it is for, for, for me. Would you rather go as a number three at a Premier League club or drop down to League Two and play every week? I'd rather play now. Like, I have to play. That's that's a that's a definite. That's why I didn't sign for Posh in the summer, because even though people say, "Oh, yeah, drop down and play," like Christy Pym, who's playing there, has done well recently. So he's, I could tell he's going to play. You just know. And plus, they obviously want to probably sell him or whatever. And I might have got a game, or you might have got in. But unless I know that I'm going to go and play. So that's why I don't mind maybe dropping down a few levels. It's difficult. I absolutely love playing up front right now. Nobody can stop me. <laughs> I'll continue to do that. I'll move if a higher club offers me where I don't have to pay subs or something. But <laughs> Just that fiver. Just that fiver. I only want fiver a week. Mate, I'm, in love. I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's what will make me... That's what will help me decide. So that's what I'm going to do. Keep it, it sounds like throughout your career, though, you've been more than happy to jump into those new experiences yeah that's what I need if I've not if now I'm, I'm at an age where I can decide and make the decisions I didn't want to go to these northern clubs not that they were bad clubs but it just it didn't give me that buzz and now I'm going to decide everything for myself like I have done since I was you know late 20s but if it's a lower club but for some reason there's a pool or there's a manager or there's some kind of thing that gives me a buzz then I'll, I'll fly it but I'm not going to just just play for you know and travel three hours there three hours back yeah. I'm not going to do that, and but, and the, but and goalkeeper, goalkeeper slash goalkeeper coach is not that pull. No, I don't want to coach at all. I don't want to be a goalie coach or a manager at the moment. Um, but it sounds like you've got a nice. It's almost a nice decision to have to make, though, because like you don't feel like you have to play. 
No, I don't. But I feel on. like the one thing well, you'd is be open up. You'd be open to be looking at other options. Yeah, but the one thing that's pulling me really, really hard is um, I sound a bit graphic. The one thing that's <laughs> like making me want to play is the fact that my mum, my dad, my brothers who enjoy watching me play, I feel like I want to carry on for them because they all see it as a bit of a waste because they know that I'm physically the same as I was five years ago and I feel like a bit of a letdown if I don't carry on playing. And not just to them, as for other people as well. And I know players like Chris who got injured prematurely, like my friend Jamie Day who was a top, top player who retired at, I think he was 24, 25. For for all those reasons, I feel like I should just carry on and, and just get on with it. But, you know... We'll see. Time will tell. Get your boots on. Mm-hmm. We'll get in the back garden. Yeah. Get the, the light, Turn the lights around. We'll put these lights out here. We'll, get your, we'll do a light. highlights reel. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll be Mervyn Deer. <laughs> I'm going to be Barry Fry. I'll get my top off. <laughs> <laughs> you got an old belt or something. Oh. He, he could be Fabian Barton. We got the fags. You know, Melbourne Light that back with your, your slip on. Nah, good luck, Steely. Yeah, yeah. You've got plenty in the tank. Yeah. If Cheers, you want my you met the right decision. Thanks very much. It's been good to chat nonsense for a while. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.